1: Hello, and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I'm Liz Loza, and I am joined by Dalton Deldon. Dalton, say hello to everyone.
0: How's it going, everyone?
1: (laughs) All right, Dalton, we don't have time to chit-chat, okay? So don't try to get all chatty with me, because there are so many big stories heading into week two. The injury imp, as Brad Evans would call him, has run rampant through the NFL. I don't know if you're aware. Are you aware?
0: I am very aware. Okay.
1: Should we start with um, this quarterback? I think he just got a raise. His name is Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. What a miraculous comeback in halftime and primetime. Uh, but really, even though he was, seemed so confident in that interview afterward, just the look in his eye, this is not surprising to me that that suddenly his, his uh, health status is very much in question. I play in this thing called the Super Contest in Las Vegas. And most casinos, this line is off the board. But the Super Contest has to post a line. And they, they went with Vikings minus seven. So to me, mm. that speculation is Aaron Rodgers is not going to play in this game. And even if he does, he's going to be far less than 100%. Uh, with that Vikings defense, this to me is just kind of a stay away for me. What are you thinking, Liz?
1: That is exactly the point. Because yes, maybe he works through the knee sprain. Nobody can maneuver the way that Aaron Rodgers can and extend plays. But Versus a ferocious Vikings defense, that to me is a solid pass. And Devontae Adams, his number one receiver, who would might be yeah. the only Packer whose production wouldn't, you know, take such an enormous dip if he weren't playing, is also banged up with a shoulder injury.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's another huge blow. I mean, maybe Geronimo Allison if you're in a deeper league, but this just has all the makings of a. You know, just a brutal. And on the flip side, if you're in DFS, maybe Minnesota is mispriced because you know, typically in Green Bay, it's a horrible matchup. But a banged up or out Rodgers, and, and and as you said, Adams as well. This is all signs pointing to a great setup for for the Vikings defense.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Geronimo Allison. I thought maybe Jimmy Graham. This could be an opportunity yeah. for him because if Deshaun Kaiser is under center, we know how much a young, developing quarterback, maybe one that was a bit psychologically ruined last year in Cleveland, might want a big target over the middle and while jimmy graham isn't the downfield threat that he once was he is coming off of a double digit touchdown effort
0: yeah it makes sense probably if you spend a draft pick that high on graham you're probably using him considering the tight end landscape right now yeah
1: and last thing about Devonte adams it's not just the shoulder issue it's also the xavier rhodes problem
0: yeah that's a, ter- it's a terrible setup all-, all together but he has like three 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 issues going against him this week
1: all right i got a lot of issues going against me um and i am uh-huh. just gonna freak out all? about this when i know three is like nothing right dalton Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do about Leonard Fournette. You know how much I love this kid in the preseason. I'm flipping out. I have so many shares of Fournette. Yeldon is currently owned in 63% of Yahoo leagues. Is there a door number three option? Do I keep him in my lineup? I spent all my fab on Yeldon everywhere. Help me, Dalton.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. I went all in on Fournette as far as buying into the losing weight in the offseason was gonna contribute to him staying healthier, that injury predictor. Pegged him as by far the biggest injury risk among first-round picks, and it didn't take long. what the first half of the first week, so very frustrating. And also, this game is a late afternoon start, I believe, which causes even more chaos. But if you don't have Yeldon, maybe some other backs that are probably were available at least earlier this week. Maybe Alfred Morris, yeah. Philip Lindsay. Those guys have Philip Lindsay also another afternoon start. But yeah, it's a tough situation. Basically, um, if you if you have Fournette, uh, hopefully you have Yeldon because I'm personally not waiting on Fournette. I know that obviously the upside is there. But if uh, with his injury history and him not being 100%, uh, I would just absolutely prefer a
1: backup plan. Well, and last year, I think, was a little bit di- different in terms of the opportunities that Yeldon had when Fournette was sidelined because we-, we do have an improved defensive line. There's no Chris Ivory, so I think Yeldon could produce. You know, you always expect him not to play to size and fumble at the goal line, but maybe only half of that is true <laughs> this year. Yeah, and I
0: thought— You know, Corey Grant has upside, but clearly Yeldon's a guy they just trust, you know, in pass protection as a receiver and all that. So he maybe doesn't have any like breakaway speed and all that. And New England's especially their front seven. Looks so improved. I mean, this is a tough matchup for him. But if he's going to look at 20 touches, yeah, Yeldon automatically becomes a a viable RB2 this week.
1: Follow the volume. I do like your point about Alfred Morris, by the way. I think we'll talk about him a little bit later, but he is just for our uh, listeners' knowledge, owned in 62% of Yahoo League. So still some opportunity there. And I do think he is going to have an interesting an interesting week this this week that people aren't anticipating. But again, that's a tease for later in the show. Let's talk about Marcus Mariota, his wonky elbow and the lack of a uh, veteran tight end for him.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too interested in Mariota this week. And there are just so many viable alternatives. I mean, even like the Case Keenums, Terod Taylor, Blake Bortles of of the world this week, I I would turn to even all things being equal, uh, let alone a Mariota, a banged up Mariota with a throwing uh, elbow that that cost him, you know, playing time last week so he's an easy stay away from me this week
1: and also no right tackle jack conklin is probably not going to play i think if anyone you know johnny smith is a player that i hyped over the summer i think has breakout appeal i don't know if that happens immediately obviously because it takes a minute evolution takes time we've talked about this we also talked about this in relation to the to the uh, titans offense and lafleur's ability to develop uh Mariota and for his and Mariota's ability to catch on to the playbook but I think this is shaping up to me to be a Dion Lewis game
0: yeah uh totally makes sense and and Corey Davis is a really interesting player because the target share is just out of control but he's yet to produce dating all the way back all the way back to his rookie year but man (laughs) the hype on him is out of control but you look at the yards per target it's just like embarrassingly low but obviously quarterback has been an issue there but Corey Davis and sure Deion Lewis is going to make a big impact boy that really flipped it was all Derrick Henry the first half and then uh the the whole second half went all Deion Lewis so Deion Lewis probably the better player as long as he remains healthy
1: well and I think given the uh the game script I think he's just going to have more luck and also Corey Davis I know you're mentioning him but he has another hamstring issue this is something that's plagued him quite a bit we saw it in August he's limited at Thursday's practice so we don't know how healthy he's gonna be
0: yeah it's frustrating all the injuries man
1: all oh, the injuries. Uh, another one, Rex Burkhead. He is in the concussion protocol, and this on top of Jeremy Hill being done for the year. Maybe Sony Michelle is on the rise, but I'm not quite buying into that immediately. I don't think he's earned his way into Brady's circle of trust just yet. We know who has though. James White. I told you he'd score last week, and he did indeed. He was. He is currently being started in just 28% started. That is not owned in 28% of Yahoo leagues. I think this is another James White week especially with the young players. And interestingly, White did see two red zone touches in, in week one, which is not what he normally does for the team.
0: Yeah, a lot going on here in the England backfield. Uh, Tom Brady missed a wide open Burkhead. It would have been a 35-yard touchdown catch last week. Everyone would be treating his fantasy value differently this week. But he's already banged up. I mean, concussion protocol, that's a scary thing. Sony Michelle, no way would I trust him right out of the mm-hmm. gate like that. Jeremy Hill now for the season. So you're right. It's James White. Uh, looks like a tougher matchup on paper, but maybe for White, it'll just result in a ton of dump offs to him. Red zone touches, as you mentioned, this this Patriots team had 20 more been the second most for running backs uh, as a team last year so it's just a, a great situation to be in and james white uh despite it being a tough matchup on paper is definitely the running back in new england i'm looking forward this week
1: out of curiosity are you uh, buying that Corey coleman does anything for the patriots or even sees the field with new england
0: no, right. I, I mean maybe, maybe eventually, but no, not. I would not. I, I have to prove it to me, him, with him. Come on, I think that three that's teams in three weeks.
1: Such lazy leaning into a narrative when you're like, oh, the rando player that the that the Bills right. or the Browns have discarded. That guy should do something. Come on, Cor- if Corey Coleman had trouble picking up the Buffalo playbook, there's no way that he's going right. to understand any Belichickian knowledge.
0: All I'm just gonna say is I'll take a wait and see approach there.
1: Wait and see, and you'll be waiting quite a long time. Speaking of waiting and seeing Dalton, you've been waiting, like, I guess, a kind of long time for San Francisco to be good again. And it looks like we're almost there, except your boy Goodwin. He's got a quad issue, which means Dante Pettis, who caught some dimes from Jimmy G on Sunday, would have, like, a big, big role here.
0: Yeah, I'm not trusting Goodwin this week. He hurt his thigh. That's not good for a sprinter. I mean, he's still learning the nuances of route running, so I definitely would not want to trust him here, even though I like the matchup. Pierre Garçon, who knows? He has not had a connection at all. all preseason. He may be done coming off that neck injury. He might also be matched up with Darius Slay. So inter-rookie Dante Pettis, Uh, he set a college record in punt return touchdowns, made the nice TD catch last week when Jimmy G rolled out. Looks so much like Tony Romo, that spin away out of the pocket and hit him in the corner of the end zone. Pettis, yeah, I think this is going to be a shootout in San Francisco. I think Detroit's offense is going to play better and put up points themselves. So Pettis, a cheap option DFS. If you're looking for a third wide receiver, could be a sneaky guy who finishes what like second behind George Kittle in San Francisco targets this week.
1: Love it, love it. He's owned in eight percent of Yahoo leagues, despite the fact that I touted him during my fantasy pickups video. So hello, people, stay tuned. Um, but like you said, he's a, he was a second round pick out of Washington and probably going to see a lot of nevin lawson cornerback for the lions and nevin lawson let's be honest was the jets mvp on monday night
0: yep yep he was not did not play too great that boy what a disaster that was for oh. the Lions, like patricia he's going to be my new favorite thing you're like probably my favorite takeaway is sideline cuts to patricia is going to be my, my new favorite part of, of this season
1: oh let's make that a segment sideline cuts to patricia via dalton del don are yes, we going to – we'll have to, like, animate – if we, if the podcast ever turns into a video podcast, we'll, like, animate a little magical pencil behind his ear doing things.
0: All right. I'm down. It sounds good to me.
1: It's actually, like – you remember the – um. I don't know if you ever had windows, but the little – what is that? The paper clip. Remember Clippy, the paper clip? How, oh, yes. It's like,
0: talk to you. Right. Yeah. But yeah.
1: instead, Matt Patricia has that version of a uh, a school supply behind his ear.
0: Right. I like it with the pencil. I like I like where you're going with this.
1: All right, well, I just got off doing mostly football. There's lots of animation. It's a wild show, so my head's in an interesting space. A better space, however, than maybe Greg Olson or Delaney Walkers might be. Those are two veteran tight ends. Greg Olson moi, wants to play again in 2018, but we'll see what happens. His foot is becoming a like a regular issue, so so he's out. Um, I do think that Ian Thomas has an opportunity here. I know he's a rookie, But if you look at the matchup, Atlanta is missing linebacker Deion Jones and their safety Keanu Neal. So that's favorable for Thomas. He is definitely raw, but the team is very high on him. He's super strong and he can block, which means he will be on the field, especially with the Panthers missing their right tackle, Daryl Williams.
0: I think both those replacements are very interesting and should be picked up in all competitive leagues. I agree. Ian Thomas and Jonu Smith. Um, another guy I'll give you an alternative is Ricky Seals Jones, mm. 27, percent owned, did not put up a big week one whatsoever, but he got six targets. And the key was he ran a ton of routes just like he was in the preseason. So the guy who led the NFL in yards per route run around, among tight ends last year, if he's going to be a full-time player, which it looks like he is uh, Ricky Seals Jones, ton of upside, especially this week. I mean, the Rams look like, I know it's just one week, but it looks like a possible funnel defense for tight ends with those elite corners just shutting down. Wide receivers, look what Jared Cook did week one. So I, I would, I, I like him. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones is my tight end sleeper this week.
1: I I like that a lot, but I would keep uh, an eye on Mark Barron's availability because he was out in Great week point. one, and the rest yep. of that linebacking core. If the Rams' defense does have a weakness, it's, it's the youth and inexperience on that linebacking core. So if Mark Barron plays, I'm I still think Jones has a Seals Jones has an interesting opportunity, but he could crush it if Mark Barron sits a, another week. So we give a lot of opinions, right? We do. That's sort of what we do, and in fact, Andy Barons has been giving opinions so long that he ha- believes himself now to be a judge of sorts. He has become not the lady of justice or the what? Have, what is that lady called? Lady Justice. Uh,
0: yeah, Lady Justice. Yeah.
1: Lady Justice. <laughs> so Andy Barons is fantasy man justice. That's in fact what I'm going to call him from now on. Was that smooth? Very smooth. Um, And he is holding a session of Fantasy Court today.
2: You may be seated. Actually, you were probably already seated. I don't have a lot of data on the habits of podcast listeners, but I imagine they're as likely to be seated as standing. Uh, So as you were, is what I'm saying. No need for formality here. And where is here, this is a little place called Fantasy Court, where I... Andy Barron's fully licensed and accredited fantasy professional will resolve your league conflicts. Bring me the issues that have confounded your league and I will deliver Swift justice. I will hear cases periodically on Fantasy Football Live on Sundays and I will deal with the overflow right here on the Yahoo Fantasy podcast. This week, our dispute was brought to my attention on Twitter where all cases are filed by Josh Earsley. Josh writes... I'm in a league where we have to roster two minimum each of QB, tight end, kicker, and defense. Waiver doesn't open until after week one. What can I tell these idiots? Let me first say there's no need in this courtroom to refer to your league mates as idiots. It will score you no points when trying to convince them to change a terrible, awful, no-good rule like this. Also, as the saying goes, you'll catch more idiots with honey than with Kickers? I'm not, I'm not great with sayings. The point is, you should play nice. If anyone needs to be called an idiot, I will do it, Josh. Josh, your league is probably full of idiots, or at least it's run by an idiot. A requirement for two kickers, two defenses, two tight ends. Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. NFL teams don't keep two kickers, and they have 53-man rosters. This is nuts, Josh. More importantly, and this is where we come to matters of the law, where my word is final, This rule violates guiding principles of this republic and its constitution and a whole bunch of its amendments, right? A person's fantasy bench is a very personal space. This is an issue of basic liberty. No entity, no commissioner should be telling people what to do in the private space that is their fantasy bench. We certainly can't mandate that people use bench spots irresponsibly by requiring that they own Graham Gano when they already have Mason Crosby, right? This is a terrible, terrible rule. Honestly, I don't even understand the reasoning behind this rule. Again, the league itself doesn't work this way, and no institution is more draconian than the NFL. If the idea behind this particular rule is that your league wants to limit transactions for whatever reason, then they should just do that directly. They should place specific rules on weekly transactions. You can use FAB. Again, weekly ad limits, maybe charge a fee for every transaction in your league, something that goes directly to the year-end payout. But do not tell people how they can and cannot use their bench spots. I don't like that at all. This practice must be ended immediately. It is so ordered. Josh, thank you for bringing this matter to my attention.
1: Man, Dalton, Judge Barron's rules with an iron fist.
0: I, I demand he does a Judge Dredd quote, the slice loan. I am the law. Anyway, good stuff, Andy.
1: Absolutely. So if you would like Judge Barons to rule on your case, send in your league disputes to Andy on Twitter at Andy Barons. While you're doing other things, checking off your to-do, maybe you check out the other pods on the Yahoo Sports Podcast Network. The Yahoo Sports NFL podcast has a hilarious—it is laugh out loud. I don't know. I actually haven't listened to it, but we'll take my producer's word for it. Interview this week with former Colts punter Pat McAfee, where he talks about cursing out Ryan Grigson and Chuck Pagano and the time that Steve Weatherford took him took him to meet Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen. I can only wonder what that meeting was about and why he needed to see Mr. Cohen. Uh, Also, every Thursday, Pat Forty and Pete Thamel from the Yahoo College podcast do their special Race for the Case episodes where they pick six college football games against the spread and talk about beer, what's not to love other than awful beer, So check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast and the Yahoo Sports College podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, because we are all over the place. Speaking of being all over the place, Dalton, did you see how much we were added this week?
0: How much were there?
1: So many added, but basically everybody wanted to know the same thing, but with different names. Everybody wants to know which player are you most nervous about, and then there were a bunch of players, because week one didn't go as maybe we all thought it would. So uh, let's go through. i want to do like a little rapid fire with you. Mention the player and the master shop and you tell me how worried you are.
0: Sounds good. Let's do it.
1: All right. We should find it like some sort of scale here, like the Schwitzing scale or um, worried enough to call your mom, but not so worried that you call your wife. I don't know. We got we got to figure out some sort of nervousness yeah. scale.
0: Yeah, let, let's workshop that one. Let's do oh, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you using the hippie deodorant this week or are you all in on that Old Spice crack craziness? I don't know. Anyway, you're right. Deshaun Watson versus the Titans. Speaking of workshopping, maybe uh, he wants to workshop that rust right off of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just chalking that up to simple rust. Uh, and no Will Fuller, I think, will obviously help. So, yeah, not great for someone who ranked him uh, number one among my fantasy QBs. I thought the uh, you know the upside was just uh, through, you know, unmatched. But that New England defense is much improved, as I said. And the further he's removed from this ACL surgery, uh, the better I expect him to be. So I'm totally fine with remaining patient and zero panic for me with Deshaun Watson.
1: I have him as my QB six, so I'm not that worried. I agree with you. This should be a matter of time before he's he's back to what we wanted him to be or thought he might start at. So uh, we talked about Matthew Stafford, though, versus San Francisco. How worried are we here? So I will say agree with you. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. But also DeForest Buckner looked really good in Week 1 for the 49ers. And I think he was responsible for both of Kirk Cousins' sacks. Uh, yep. And Stafford was sacked four times by the Jets, who on paper didn't have any sort of pass rush. So, I mean, whether maybe the question should be, are we worried about the Lions offensive line instead of Matt Stafford?
0: Yeah, well, there's definitely some concern there with that franchise in general. But Stafford does have three very good wide receivers, a pass catching back. And uh, yeah, he, I guess it's now he's the most four interception game since entering the NFL but, you know, the Jets said they knew his plays and maybe there's something mm. to that, like a pitcher tipping his pitches or whatever. You just correct that. At least the coaching staff hopefully can correct that. But I think the setup is actually pretty good here with their defense looking like arguably one of the worst in the NFL. Detroit can never run the ball. And so the Niners should be able to put up points, uh, bounce back themselves. And Stafford bouncing back with a horrific, you know, nightmarish performance should be able to put up points on their own. So I expect the back and forth type shootout here. So. Stafford, a nice rebound uh, by low opportunity.
1: Yeah, give me a a low-end QB1 for Stafford this week. Chris Hogan versus the Jaguars. I mean, Dalton, what else? You talk about Amelia Earhart's airplane, socks in the dryer, your wits about you when you're at a Warriors game. These are all things that were mysteriously lost along with Chris Hogan's presence in week one.
0: Yeah, along with some money in my pocket as well, because I, <laughs> oh. I relied on I relied on him in, in some lineups that were crucial and believe me. So I'm very upset at Hogan and it does not get any easier this week. But if you just look at the you know the options that New England has, if they're gonna score one or two touchdowns, there's a decent chance he gets one of them. But obviously the matchup is tough. So I have him as my wide receiver twenty-sixth this week, and that's Significantly lower than last week when I was aggressive and I had him as a borderline wide receiver one, but definitely one of the biggest disappointments uh, of week one with Chris Hogan.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he sees Jalen Ramsey. I was on wide receiver projections this week for fearless forecast and I in some sort of stupor slash haze slash fever dream projected five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. I guess I'm going to stick to that because I think eventually he's the team's number one wide receiver.
0: Well, Yeah, exactly. And if there's no, if Burkhead's banged up, no Jeremy Hill, I mean, and Gronk can't catch them all. I mean, so yeah, I, I, I guess in red zone, he's going to be a, a definitely, definitely remain a factor.
1: All right. Well, well, we'll hope the variance works in my favor. I appreciate you for not killing me on that projection. I'm sure the Twitter trolls will take care of it for you. Amari Cooper, a guy that you were very aggressive about versus the Broncos this week.
0: Uh, Cooper. Yeah, I was a late uh, team huevo strap. We were with Brad Evans. Uh, I went aggressive with Cooper and it did not look good. Although, you know, looking deeper in the numbers, Gruden did have him run out of the slot more, which is encouraging long-term. If you look at his career, he's just benefited from that. Although this week that results in Chris Harris. So another tough matchup, but Gruden throwing his quarterback, his franchise quarterback under the bus also said that, you know, he missed Cooper a lot open deep Monday night. And that may or may not be true, but I'm, I'm not letting one week totally discourage me. But this matchup is obviously tough. I'm still treating Cooper weekly as a top 20 guy with some expectations kept in check given this matchup.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Jared Cook is the big play for the Raiders. We saw Disley, who's more of a blocking tight end for the Seahawks, take advantage of the, as you mentioned, funnel defense. So I think Cook will have another good week, though not quite as good as he did last week. Uh, let's end things up with Kareem Hunt versus the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I mean, a tougher matchup, but the over under in this is as high as you see in the NFL, 53 and a half points. Hopefully, Ben Roethlisberger plays, so it is pinball scoring. But, yeah, it's very annoying how they use Hunt in the red zone, in, in particular inside the five. I mean, it's very frustrating, those short little pitches and all that. So it, it hurts his, his fantasy value, to be sure, but I have no worries, no concerns about Hunt long-term.
1: Ditto I have him as an RB10 this week, or within my top 10 players at the position. Actually, let's do one more, because Devonta Freeman is banged up. You know, he got yes. hurt in that thursday night season opener he's playing the panthers this week and tevin coleman did score but he only had nine carries he should see between 18 to 20 if freeman were to sit i have to imagine that freeman's not going to play in this one i mean i I don't know we'll find out you teams are waiting longer and longer to release their official inactives in order to keep the other team guessing but I don't like this one I had Carolina's run defense looked real good. They bottled up Zeke.
0: Yeah. The, de- the defense is definitely not ideal to match up, but I think Kevin Coleman is a fantastic player and I'm just treating this as Freeman is out. And if he gets those touches and that, that offense, um, I think is really going to bounce back people. Yeah. They're killing Matt Ryan, but the Eagles defense is so good. I move Coleman up to number eight. on my running back forward? Wow. Right. Uh, right in front of hunt. Uh, so we're eight, and nine. And I, I, I like cook and start this week a lot too, if assuming Rodgers is out. So Coleman, I have as an RB one, love to start at Freeman's out slam dunk. And especially I assume he's not priced as much as, as such in DFS. So I, I love him. Love Coleman at Freeman's out this week.
1: Yeah. Last year, he averaged 19 carries per game when Freeman was, was uh, sidelined. And that was last year. And, you know, last year was the past. I think we're going to go further into the past. We're going to go so far. In fact, you know, we're going to go to this week in history but history means the past does that make sense
0: i'm sorry i thought you were leading into something sorry (laughs) i thought
1: you were leading into i am leading into something but i was just trying to get a little conversation going into it all all right right, so we're going into the past this week in history is in the past brad evans is going to take us to that place i'm alluding to
0: awesome who's he speaking about
1: javid best
3: It's time to hop into the Wayback Machine for this week's great moments in fantasy football history. The Lions may be licking their wounds from the shellacking they experienced against the Jets, but eight years ago this week, a much different outcome occurred. Week 2, 9-19-2010. Versatile, fleet-footed running back Javon Best turned in a Barry Sanders-esque performance and a shootout against Philadelphia. On 17 carries, he sprinted his way to 78 yards and two touchdowns while also deep-frying the Eagles through the air to the tune of nine receptions, 154 yards, and another score. Sadly, though, for Best, it was all downhill from there. A toe injury and multiple concussions cut his career short. In 2013, he retired from football but in 2016 he made headlines once again becoming the first former NFL player to make an Olympic team representing St. Lucia in the 100-meter dash in Rio. Tune in next week for another journey through the fantasy history books.
1: Wow, that was that was thrilling. Did you know that much about Javid Best 78 yards and two rushing TDs?
0: Man, there was a streak there. I seemingly had a Lions running back every other year, and they always disappointed. He's just uh, in a long list of one. But yeah, it looked like he could be a future star. It's too bad it what happened to him health wise.
1: Well, it didn't happen this particular week in history that Brad was talking about. But this particular week, week two of the 2018 season, we have a little DFS going on, and I want a bargain and a fade from you, Dalton. I think I, I think we're on the same page with the bargain, but I want to hear it.
0: Yeah. uh, Alfred Morris is uh, cheap. He did lose a a fumble last week at the goal line, uh, but he still split snaps with Matt Breida. And that was a bad game script in which they were playing mostly from behind against a really tough Minnesota defense that allowed an NFL low points per game at home last season. I believe Detroit, on the other hand, just allowed 31 points in one quarter to the youngest quarterback ever to start a game. So I like the setup here. Niners nearly touchdown favorites. At home, should remain the goal line guy. Yeah, Brito will be involved as well. But really like Alfred Morris. And I I expect a lot of people to be off of him coming off such a disappointing debut last week as well.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. I I like same matchup. Jimmy G is only $29. Terod Taylor is a dollar more expensive in our DFS game. So without belaboring the point, I think he's a great value Also, just to add another one, Isaiah Crowell is $16 versus Miami. I know that Miami, you know, I think the weather delays played a lot into the numbers that came out of that week one contest in Miami. But Crowell went off against the Lions and Miami still had, even with and Sue last year, the 29th ranked run defense. So I'm not worried about them.
0: I like I like Crowell. That's really the Jets could be a really interesting team. I know it was just one game, but man, they have a a lot of interesting parts there.
1: Who are you fading this week in DFS?
0: All right. Well, I'm fading David Johnson. And I would say that even before he showed up on the injury report with a back issue. uh, Man, I think I just personally uh, among uh, the DFS community or fantasy community underrated the coaching change there. It's just one week, but he lined up, you know, outside the backfield, like more than 20 percent fewer than he averaged last time. You know, he was the fantasy star we saw. And that's a problem because everyone loves his air yards. He's the game's best receiver out of the backfield. So if they're going to treat him differently, and I don't know if that was a result of him hurting his back in that game, but it's currently bothering him as well. So I definitely would like to see the whole, the whole system change around David Johnson. Again, just one week, but it's a really tough match of a game. They're nearly two touchdown underdogs. So uh, David Johnson at that price, I'm fading.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you a controversial one. People aren't going to like this, especially on the heels of week one. That's recency bias, though. Tyreek Hill, 31 bucks. No, thank you. I know he lo- I know he was the best player in the NFL in week one. And Patrick Mahomes is already being crowned. But let me see Patrick Hol- Mahomes do what he did with TJ Watt slapping his face. Because there was no Joey Bosa in that game. Also want to see this happen with Andy Reid not having an entire summer to prepare for the game. I know it's unlikely, but I just don't think that Hill gives you $31 worth of production.
0: Yeah, I love the Andy Reid point, and I believe Hill round ran fewer routes than Sammy Watkins last week. But, man, he's just been crazy. Everyone expects that regression. Uh, I hear you, uh, but having said that, I will counter with the over-under, half points. This game could just be a total pinball scoring machine.
1: I had to give you somebody. Brett, our producer, he made me write somebody's name down. I, I didn't want to be boring and say, like, oh, this guy has a bad matchup. Ryan Grant, he's going to see a lot of Josh Norman. That's going to be sticky.
0: Fair enough. Here, <laughs> no, hey, and you and you could be right, too. I mean, it's very tough to rely on these long touchdowns, you know, the and punt returns. I mean, you absolutely very well could be right. I mean, who knows Mahomes... Uh, it, on the road, maybe he struggles. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch. But I do agree that he should be a popular guy using DFS after especially after last week. I mean he just you love the arm Holmes has connected with that speed and you see top five type wide receiver finish.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. You guys, please continue to tweet at us. Um, I will be back on Sunday night. You'll probably hear that show on Monday morning, but Scott Pianowski will go over all of the action from Sunday, probably a little from Thursday as well. In the meantime, remember to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. We're so good like that. We're just available all the time to you. And... You can follow Yahoo Fantasy at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. And you can follow Dalton Del Don at?
0: At Dalton Daldon. Thanks, as always, Liz. Excellent job hosting.
1: Thank you, Dalton. Excellent job complimenting me. You can stay around for another week. Win big!